Well, good morning, Moody Church. Uh, my name is Ed Stetzer, and it is good to be here uh, with you. Um, I will be actually, um, next few weeks, our, some of our staff will actually be preaching. Uh, as many of you know, I tend to preach here uh, all but one Sunday a month, unless the elders and staff want to kind of move that around a little bit. And so the next few weeks, I'll actually be uh, in the Philippines two of the three weeks, and then one of the three weeks, uh, well, but all three will actually have, uh, well, let me just tell you. So Bill's going to preach next week, Michael after that, Larry after that, and then I'll be back in August and for the rest of August. And so uh, pray for us as we're in the Philippines. We'll be doing some uh, ministry there. I'll be teaching a class in our graduate program and a few other things as, as well. So, but uh, we're going to jump right into the text. Matthew chapter 6 is our text. We're going to talk about seek first the kingdom, find the king's peace. Seek first the kingdom and find the king's peace. We're going to look at that today, and, and I, I hope you'll be encouraged as we look at Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 33 and going to verse 34. I'm not going to put it on the screen right yet. I want to just read it to you, and then you'll be able to follow along with me, and then we'll walk through the passage together. Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 33 and including also verse 34. It says this, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now, what we're going to see today as we look through this text is when you seek the kingdom, you'll find the peace of the king. When you seek the kingdom, you'll find the peace of the king. And in doing so, I think we'll come to the high point here in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 is one of the best-known, probably, passages in the whole Bible to many, many Christians. Uh, D.L. Moody talks about this passage in, his, uh, in his, his own writings as being a key turning point in his life. He has a fascinating story I don't have the time to tell you about today, but you could Google it if you want to find out some more. But in Matthew chapter 5, we actually find that uh, verse 20 kind of leads us to ultimately where we are today. So in Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, it says, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, in talking about this passage, we remember that Jesus is using the word righteousness differently than Paul does elsewhere in the inspired Word of God. Now, he's talking about that the way we live should be more righteous than the way that the Pharisees and the scribes live. And then at the high point of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus actually tells us how. Look with me at Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says this, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Again, this passage here is one of the better-known passages. I'll it's actually marked in my heart, and it's literally scarred me. I'm going to explain why. See, when I was a uh, new believer, I, kind of a, I was a teenager, and I bought a guitar because that's what teenage boys do. And so I got myself a guitar and uh, remember talking about it at this new youth group that I was a part of. And, and, and so I was talking about my guitar, how excited I was, and, you know, I was, and I didn't mention I was learning. I just said, I play guitar. Now, mind you, I added for about four days at the time I said that. And I had played a couple of chords on that guitar. But the volunteer youth pastor at that time, we had a small little youth group in this new church that we were a part of, volunteer youth pastor said, or youth director I guess, said, well great, could you lead the worship at the upcoming youth retreat? I was like, sure. Um, 
So, I mean, they didn't have anybody else. It was a small group. And so, so I had a guitar, and, and, and I knew guitars were cool, so, and I had one now. And so, so I began to learn. Now, now, now mind you, you, it dates me a little bit, but the song that I learned the guitar on was Seek Ye First the Kingdom of God. Right? Remember, Seek Ye First the Kingdom of God. And it's really a simple progression. It's C, G, I think it's an F, maybe an A minor in there somewhere. And so, I learned this song, and I played it over and over again. Because I had to learn this song, and shockingly, pretty much every song that we played at that first youth retreat involved a C, a G, an F, and an A minor, because those were the four chords that I knew. Now, mind you, I did it so much that my fingers began to bleed by playing it over and over again. So I got Band-Aids, and I would play them with Band-Aids. But then it came the time for the youth retreat, and I, I couldn't wear Band-Aids to the youth retreat and show that I was a newbie. So, so I played with it, and it bled a little bit. And I, to this day, have a little marking where I sought first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Right there, a little line right there. Now, now again, so I, I love, and again, D.L. Moody, this was a key verse in his life as well. So this verse is marked into my head and marked on my hands. But for all of us, it's such a high point of the Sermon on the Mount. It's kind of worth us digging in a little bit to see what it has to say. There are three things we're going to look at today. We're going to see proper priority, perfect provision, and supernatural peace. Let's go to number one on our outline and start with proper priority. It says this, but seek first the kingdom of God, and His righteousness. Now, mind you, so much in here is just overwhelmingly important, but. Now, why does it say but? Well, it's an alternative to the worry that as you've been going through with us the last few weeks, it's an alternative to the worry that we would have if we're seeking things like the pagans do, like the Gentiles do, like the idolaters do. But we redirect our passions, and we tell, well, we replace worry with something else. Maybe we replace worry with worship. We direct our passions and redirect our passions to seeking something else. But seek is laid out before us. It's in, in, it's in the original language, it's a present, imperative, active, second-person plural. So what, it, what it's saying to us is to pursue after, to run, us together, looking, searching, that we might together seek the kingdom. And then it says first, and this is important, I don't want you to miss this, it's saying this is the priority in the original language, the, I mentioned the Greek, the New Testament's written in, the word translated as first means the first in a line of multiple options. This comes first, and, and it prioritizes, and when you prioritize your life this way, everything else falls into line, and then the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Remember where we started in Matthew 5.20, I tell you, Jesus said, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. So we focus on God's kingdom, not our kingdom, right? It's not the kingdom of self, but it's the kingdom of God. See, our kingdom would be building our success, our prestige, our power, our influence, and using what God has created wrongly and inappropriately, but God's kingdom is connected to righteousness, the kingdom of God and His righteousness, Jesus' rule and reign in the whole world. Now, we tend to focus on us. I do. I think you probably do too. It's easy for us to be about ourselves and focus on our kingdom and our success. God calls us to focus on His kingdom and His righteousness. 
Now, why does that matter? Because remember here, remember the passage. I'm going to come back over here again. It says, but seek first, right? So the alternative to what we have been seeing is you don't want to worry and worry about this or worry about that like the Gentiles, the idolaters do instead, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and everything then is changed. Now, seeking the kingdom is all about, well, the work of the king. I don't want you to miss this, right? So one of the reasons we can, with great confidence, seek first the kingdom and His righteousness and know that everything else will be taken care of, everything else will be done right, everything else will be completed, is because Jesus has already told us. See, I've read the end of the book, Jesus Wins, but he tells us in the meanwhile something significant for seeking first his kingdom. He said this in John 19, verse 30. He said, well, say it with me, three simple words. Let's say it together. It is finished. Say it again. It is finished. So when we seek the kingdom, we seek the kingdom because the king has done the work and it is finished. See, there's no kingdom without the king, and we seek the kingdom by seeking him. And then by understanding it, it's the most important thing ever. Look at Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again. And from joy, he goes over and sells all that he has and buys that field. My middle daughter is my daughter who loves animals. Um, we have 14 pets right now in our house. Um, we're, we're fostering. I didn't know that was a thing, um, but it appears it is. So we're fostering. We were fostering rabbits, but they were recently adopted. Uh, we're fostering Kabbalah uh, chinchilla. I don't really know the plural for chinchilla. Is it chinchilla? I don't even know. Um, but if you like one, I've got a couple for you. Um, rats are pets. Did you know rats are pets? Didn't know that. Shouldn't be so. Um, but my daughter is fostering too. So this goes back a long ways, and I don't remember specifically if this was the turning point, but it may have been. We lived in Tennessee, and we were in our backyard, and we lived in a, in a place that was just a subdivision, like subdivisions might be in other communities. And, but the subdivision was built on an old um, athletic field, I guess, of sorts. People would ride horses. And so one day we were in the backyard, and my daughter, uh, I've never seen her this excited. She says, Daddy, I have found a horseshoe. And this changed everything. I was so excited for her, but we still have the horseshoe to this day. But she found in the backyard, jutting out of the grass, was a single solitary horseshoe that was clearly old. It was it looked like it had been made by hand as they would back in the day. Well, her excitement was, was just amazing, and so, so and I thought, well, great, so great. So we cleaned it up, and we kind of hung it in a room, and, and she was so excited about it. So I went back to work, and, and it was summertime. So the next day, I come back, and my entire backyard is filled with holes searching for horseshoes. <laughs> hole here, hole here. Look, what are, you, what are you doing? She said, there are horseshoes in the yard. I said, yeah, one and so our lawn was ruined for the next year, but her excitement of having found something led to an action that defined her life that day. And Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, not a, not a horseshoe, but a great, great treasure. See, my daughter, a horseshoe was the greatest treasure ever. 
But imagine instead you find this treasure hidden in the field. That's the king in the kingdom. When you understand this, you will sell everything, the parable says. The man found it hid again, from, for, and from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. You see, don't miss this, right? My daughter found a horseshoe, and she knew that this yard was now special. Jesus says, when you understand the kingdom of God, you'd sell everything to possess it. And yet, it's actually the king in the kingdom that possesses us. See, when you seek first the kingdom, you find the peace of the king. doesn't end there, right? So number one is proper priority. Number two is perfect provision. When you seek first the kingdom, you will find the peace of the king. So here's what it says. It says uh, in the next part of the verse, and all these things will be added to you. Now, when I, <laughs> you have to sort of be a child of a certain era. Whenever I sing, and all these things will be added unto you, I always want to say, Alleluia, alleluia, because that's the end of the song. How many of you sang that song at some point in your life? It's like the law. I mean, you got to sing that song, right? You want to sing it now, don't you? No, I'm not going to. Um, but actually, ask the elders out of vote, no more Ed Stetzer singing. And so I received that vote. No, I'm just kidding. People are like, really? No, they didn't have that vote. See, the promise of Jesus is that these things, now what are these things? Don't take this verse and rip it out of context. These things refers to the things that we worry about. What shall we wear? What shall we eat? Uh, what, you know, these, these, these things. Now remember again, this was not an economy where people were wondering, are they going to have food tomorrow? So these are pictures of just don't worry. Right? Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 puts it this way. It says, My God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. God gives the ultimate provision, and the ultimate provision is in Christ Jesus. Now, don't miss that. See, the, the victorious Christian life is more, it's more than the things that you have. It's the person that you have or the person that has you. You see, we talked about it recently. You have a father, right? He knows. He, he, he provides. He loves you. And the work of the Christian is to believe this, and sometimes it's not so easy to believe this. We had a long Scripture read, and uh, she did a great job reading it because there are some, <laughs> some names in there. You always hate getting the Scripture assignment when the names are in there. But in the middle of that, there's a fascinating section. It says this, and Hebrews chapter 11. It's in the midst of the hall of faith, right? It says, through, the, through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. Don't miss this. Literally through supernatural means, lions were stopped, quenched the power of fire, right? Think about some of the Old Testament miracles we see in the, and how God miraculously has intervened. Escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, right? It goes on, it says, women receive back their dead by resurrection. Don't miss this. There's all kinds of times when God has miraculously intervened. And don't miss all that. Conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, stopped the mouths of lions, were strong out of weakness. Women received back their dead from resurrection. And as if there's like a line here, the text just changes and says some were tortured refusing to accept release so they might rise again to a better life. Some were cut in half, it goes on to say. Why the sudden change? It maybe reminds us this week of the loss of three people at Moody Bible Institute in their aviation program in Spokane. 
People are hurting. Young families are hurting. The school's hurting. We heard John Jelinek out there. Greg Thornton, the interim president, is actually here. John and Greg, both leaders in the interim roles at their school. This is their church home. People are hurting. And this is a reminder that in the midst of all this, sometimes provision may not look like we expected it to. But in the midst of all that, what we lean on with great certainty, right, is again in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 39, it says, and all these, though commended for their faith, those who shut the mouths of lions and those who were sawn in half still were commended through their faith, but they did not receive what was promised. So what's promised? Since God has provided something better, what's better? That apart from us, they should be made perfect. What makes us perfect? And the answer is, is we have Christ. And the Old Testament saints that are referring to in Hebrews chapter 11 are looking forward to the coming of the Messiah and who are saved through Him. When we think about tragedies like we saw this week, I, of course, I teach at Wheaton College. I'm a professor at Wheaton College and the interim teaching pastor here. And I think about the words of, uh, and the actions of Jim Elliott, a Wheaton College graduate, Elliot and four other missionaries actually were, were trying to evangelize as missionaries a tribe in Ecuador. And it, well, they came and they, they went. And Nate Saint was actually their, their pilot while we're thinking about pilots today. And, 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 and they all lost their lives. And it became a, a major cause and a major moment. And it made the cover of Life magazine. And people talked about this forever. It was a shaping and defining moment for, uh, for Wheaton College, for Christians all over the world. But, but, but here's the deal. These were just young people. You say, Ed, what a waste of a life. But it was Jim Elliott who wrote, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that he cannot lose. And for us, as we look a tragedy, and I, and I recognize that so many of you here are not connected in any way to Moody Bible Institute. We share a name, but we're organizationally different, but we have a lot in common, and so we're hurting with them. So, so the question then comes, well, well, well what is going on then? If, if Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and His righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. And by the way, I had this passage in this Hebrews passage in this message on Wednesday when I submitted it, so this is not something that's new to this, but I need you to know that sometimes what He provides according to His riches and glory is solely Himself and we are with Him for eternity and that is enough. And sometimes it hurts, but sometimes people, they hear passages like this and they turn them into something that they're not, something that doesn't reflect the fullness of God's gift that is ultimately in Christ. We sang a song a few minutes ago called, It Is Well, It Is Well With My Soul. The author of that song lost his family in a shipwreck just before he wrote these words, and he talked about when peace like a river, and it comes over my soul. That's a supernatural peace that only comes from knowing that your family is with the Lord. And so when Jesus says, and all these things will be added to you, and you're seeking first his kingdom, you can know with certainty that God will provide, even if sometimes that provision is solely him. And He is enough. And the promise of Mark chapter 10 comes before us and reminds us, it says, 
Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come, in the age to come in eternal life. Why does that matter? Because we can't sing it is well if we're not seeking first the kingdom. Don't want you to miss that, right? Because we get a picture of this. Warren Wearsby once said, if you're not seeking first the kingdom, you're not seeking the kingdom at all. So don't miss that because we get a picture here that in seeking the kingdom, we find the peace of the king. Now, why does that matter? Because in the world in which we live today, there's not a lot of peace. Why? Because people are scurried about worrying, worrying about what they're going to eat, what they're going to wear, what's going to their reputation, their provision, whatever it may be. Jesus calls us to a better way. He says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. These things referring to what we've looked at the last few weeks. When you know that, whatever happens, you can sing with Horatio Spafford and say, it is well with my soul. When you know that, you can agree with Jim Elliott who says, he is no fool who gives when he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Because when we have Christ, when Christ has us and we seek first his kingdom, that gaze upon him changes everything else. Seek ye first. C-G-F. Simple chords, but really the most challenging thing as a Christian I've sought to do in my entire life. Easy to learn the song until your fingers bleed. Hard to live the reality of the teaching of Jesus. But he talks about first, number one is proper priority, number two is perfect provision, number three is supernatural peace, which starts with proper priority. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and perfect provision. All these things will be provided to you. When you seek first the kingdom, you find the peace of the king. And then it goes on here in Matthew 6, 34 and says, therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow. Therefore, whenever we see a therefore, we're asking what's it there for? It's tying to what's before, not just Matthew 6, 33, but this entire section about worry. So it says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Because when you're seeking the kingdom, you don't have to worry about tomorrow. God's already there because he transcends time and space. God's already in tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. And this is translated a different way. You know, tomorrow has enough trouble of its own, right? Whatever it may be. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now, it's not a, don't miss this, right? So Jesus doesn't say, look, there's not going to be any difficulty right now for some of us. We could say, right now, I got some trouble. What do I do? Here's my answer for you. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Some of you right now are in a sweet spot, right? You're kind of in the zone. My answer for you, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Here's the deal. If you don't seek the kingdom first, you're not seeking the kingdom. If you seek the kingdom first, everything else falls into line. Now, it doesn't mean it's always easy. And I've been a Christian, and I learned seek ye first 
Um, gosh, I can't even add that number of years. That's a lot of years now. That's kind of depressing. Um, but I learned it decades ago. When I was, what, I was, what, like 14? So that would be like 20 years ago. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing at that. I, I, uh, math is hard for me. And so um, when I pray, when I get alone and I pray, I'm very, I'm very driven by music of my youth in my time of worship. And we gather here and we sing different songs, and some of them were regular. Like, As the Deer, we heard played a few moments ago. That would be a song that I would sing alone. And so I get alone, and when I'm praying, I sing, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty. I, 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 I sing, Crown Him with Many Crowns. I sing, Seek Ye First. I sing, Majesty, Worship His Majesty. I sing As the Deer, but I keep coming back to two songs. And they're related in my prayer life, at least. One of them is, I Love You, Lord. It's a very simple little song. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, and my soul rejoice. And the other is, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now, I can't sing it without the ye. I don't know about you fancy updated people who just say, seek first. But listen, it says, seek ye first. And if it's good enough for Jesus to use King James English, it's good enough for me to, <laughs> to sing in King James English. Good enough for Paul, I'm good to go. But I got to tell you, when we look to Jesus, he talks about the kingdom of God more than 80 times in the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke alone. Clearly, it's the theme and the focus of his earthly teaching is that we have and will be, we receive the kingdom. Colossians 1.11, Paul says that he has transferred us from the domain of darkness, God has, to the kingdom of his beloved son. Clearly, the kingdom is the focus of Jesus' teaching in the gospel of Matthew and elsewhere. So when Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of heaven, it's not a minor temporary diversion from what he's talking about every day. It is the central message in the ministry of Jesus. And we would learn later that how we would become citizens of this kingdom is not to do something in our own strength and our own might. As a matter of fact, please do not think that seeking first the kingdom is something you should do without the indwelling presence of the king. Right? Seeking to be like Jesus, outside of the power of Jesus, actually dishonors Jesus and His work. So your call is to respond by grace and through faith and say, Jesus, I am now a citizen of your kingdom, and then spend the rest of your life saying, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. But I want to caution you because I'm not calling you to try harder. The gospel is not you do. The gospel is Jesus did. And what undergirds Jesus' teaching about righteousness, Matthew 5.20, have a greater righteousness than the scribes and the Pharisees, is the understanding what He says in John 3 that you must be born again. You can't do this without new life. So don't hear this and say, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to be more religious. I want you not to do that. I want you instead not to turn over a new leaf, but to receive new life. And having received new life, been changed because you've received by grace and through faith what God has done on your behalf through Christ, the end result is you can with confidence be a citizen of the kingdom and then spend the rest of your life seeking first. Will it always be easy? No. I, I should have thought when I started playing Seek Ye First, the Kingdom of God, C-G-F, 
I should have thought that the scars that would be on my finger might represent some of the struggles that would be evident throughout my Christian life. I thought it would be easier. I really did. I'm guessing many of you did as well. I thought I'd kind of become a Christian, and it would kind of be like getting, you know, you see these, these things at like certain like resorts now, right? Certain hotels, right? And it's called like this lazy river. And I, I didn't understand the concept until I saw some people in it. And you basically, you sit in this pool, but it's like a long, and you just kind of float around in circles, and it makes you go. And it's perfect. It's lazy, but it's not really a river. And I kind of thought at first that the Christian life would be like that. I just sort of get in. I'm just going along for the ride. Five years later, I'd be more and more mature, and 10 years later, I'd be more and more mature. And you know what I found? Man, it's not a lazy river. It's in the power of the Holy Spirit, but I'm called to seek first and to spend the rest of my life prioritizing, seeking first the kingdom of heaven and His righteousness. But when I do that, when I prioritize things, I'm reminded of another song sometimes I sing in my prayer closet. We sang it not that long ago. It's, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His marvelous face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. You see, there's something to seeking Jesus that enables you to focus there and not on your troubles. Look with me at John chapter 14, verse 27. It says this, peace I leave with you. Remember, we've talked about proper priority, perfect provision, and supernatural peace. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. That's great, right? I mean, wouldn't that be kind of what you expect? Things are going well, you've got peace. But he says, my peace I give to you. It's not as the world gives do I give to you. Now, don't miss that, right? See, the world's got a sense of peace as well. If, you're go, if things are going well and you're living the lazy river life, you can have peace because all's good. But there's some kind of supernatural peace that comes. It's not as the world gives. It's not natural. It's supernatural. Not as the world gives. Do I give to you? This is a gift as I pursue Jesus that I receive. Perfect peace. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Can I say to you, don't be afraid. Say, Ed, does that mean bad things will never happen? No, no. doesn't mean that at all. I wish it did. Sufficient for this day is its own trouble. Each day has trouble of its own. Jesus actually said that in this world you'll have tribulation, but then he says, but fear not, I have overcome the world. So when I seek first the kingdom, I rest in the confidence of the king. And that changes everything. When you seek first the kingdom, you find the peace of the king. Proper priority, perfect provision, and supernatural peace. You know, I want you not to miss this, right? We talked about having confidence in God's providence. See, that's a great thing for all of us to have, to live, to understand, is having confidence in God's providence, because when we do, it changes everything. I quoted our former pastor, Warren Wearsby, once. Let me do it again. Here's what Wearsby says in the conclusion of this section in his commentary. He says, worrying about tomorrow does not help either tomorrow or today. If anything, it robs us of our effectiveness today which means we'll be even less effective tomorrow. Someone has said that the average person is crucifying himself between two thieves. 
the regrets of yesterday and the worries about tomorrow. It is right to plan for the future, even to save for the future, but it's a sin to worry about the future and permit tomorrow to rob today of its blessings. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and He'll take care of the rest, all these things. Say, but Ed, then something happens and people don't have, and, and so is this, is this promise unfulfilled? No, 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 Jesus makes it so clear, because you can't seek the kingdom without loving the king, and when you love the king, he's enough, and when he's enough in the midst of tragedy, like some of our friends and family have experienced this week, or in the midst of joy when things are going well, we have something that transcends the rest. It's peace that passes all understanding. If you only have peace when it makes sense, that's not Jesus' peace. That's the peace of circumstances. The happenstance. You know, we, we're happy sometimes. The same rude word, happenstance, comes from happy. And so I'm happy. If I, if I walk out of church today and I find a $100 bill, I am happy. But if I walk out of church today and tomorrow find a diagnosis of bad things in my heart and my life, I can still have peace that passes all understanding, because I have Jesus. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Would you stand with me? Father, we acknowledge today that in this moment, it's easy for me to, to struggle, to struggle through the realities of the Christian life. It's easy for all of us to push these aside and say, you know, it's, it, it, it's just, let's just, just make it through the lazy river and times will kind of flow around and sometimes we'll be serious. But Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. So we do. We seek you now in your goodness, in your presence, in your provision. We acknowledge with proper priority, perfect provision, we'll experience supernatural peace. We acknowledge when you seek first the kingdom you find the peace of the King. So, Lord, indeed, we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. I can ask at this time if our prayer partners will come into place. And if you'll notice, if you want to pray with somebody, our prayer partners are going to be available. They're going to be here up on the balcony down here on the floor as well. If you'd like to pray with them, they're available to pray with you. Maybe for you, you just haven't been finding the peace of the King and the kingdom. I want to invite you today you're not a follower of Jesus, to come pray with these folks. We'll share the gospel with you to pray with them for peace. But for all of us, the reminder before us is seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. Father, we come before you today as we worship you through song. We realign our hearts to you in seeking. We seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, knowing with confidence that all these things Whatever they are, if it's provision or if it's solely and simply the person of Christ, that that's enough and we trust and follow you.